Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchchurch.com. See, it's all the Bible, but the first part of it, the Old, Old Testament, is a type and shadow of what's to come. See, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the bridge to get us to the new and better covenant. And there's not a single fleece in the new and better covenant. There's not a giant. See, we have to understand that. We have to look at it now. It's like, wait a second. Why? Because things, things in the Old Testament were physical. They had armies. See, the weapon of our warfare isn't worldly anymore. It was in the Old Testament. You know, I mean, even David had a sling. And, and had used five smooth stones and only needed one. But, but man, Goliath, he said, man, you come to me with the, a spe- with the spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. See, that's a type and shadow of what's to come. Things in your life that are happening physically or emotionally or mentally. Let me tell you, it's spiritual. See, and the weapons of our warfare now aren't worldly, but mighty unto God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. So it's mental now. That's why this girls' conference is going to be so big. Caroline Leaf has such an incredible gifting to to help people with how they think and how their brain operates. And let me tell you, you're going to leave here better. It's going to be amazing. So I want to give you an opportunity to tithe and to give, um, and and then I'm going to bless it, okay? Do you need more time? Is it good now? You guys are there? God bless this time as we give or whenever they gave God, <laughs> in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. You know what's amazing is I say I want to give you an opportunity to give, and no one moves a muscle, yet the finances of the church continue to increase. I'm like, pennies from heaven, Jono. Um, what, what, how do you say that again? Dias, um, Buenos Dias, no, what is it? Yosta Mantiga. Why would I say Yosta Mantiga? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working on channel Spanish. Hey, let's get in the Word. You guys ready? No, really, what was I going to say? No, um, I'm sorry? No, I wasn't talking about pennies from heaven. That just was some. that was a throw-in. When, you know, when I'll say, uh, I haven't said that in a long time, because I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> I'm wondering why people are flipping me off on the road and running me off the road. It's because sometimes I say stuff in Spanish, and I'm not sure what it means. Um, no, let's get in the Word. Turn your Bibles to Luke, the 10th chapter, Luke 10. We are going to be in the Word for a solid 25 minutes today, so get ready, buckle up, because I'm telling you, this is, this is going to be like lightning in a bottle for you, all right? It really is. I'm telling you, it's going to exceed your expectations, then the 70 returned with joy. They were, they were just ecstatic. They were beside themselves. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus tamped it a little bit. He said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. And, they, and then he said, behold, I give you the authority, not just some authority, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, 
and nothing will by any means harm you. Wow. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, we have to understand, we have a new spiritual citizenship now. Yeah, our natural citizenship might be in the U.S., it might be in Mexico, it might be in, in the Netherlands, it might be in Great Britain, it might be in South Africa, but our spiritual citizenship now is not on this earth anymore. It's in heaven. And what Jesus said is we have the authority. You know, it's interesting because we, we're ambassadors for Christ. You know what ambassadors have? Natural ambassadors have a diplomatic immunity. We have a spiritual immunity. Now, the things that the world deals with, we have immunity from it. I mean, they rightfully don't, they, we, we rightfully aren't strapped by the things of this world now. See, we have the authority over all the power of the enemy. Write that down. Do so, I mean, take a picture. We have the authority. I mean, understand this. Over all the power of, of the enemy. We have the authority. See, we already have through Christ everything that we'll ever need. Wrap your mind around that. See, some of you guys will say, well, I have needs. Do you understand those needs? Listen to this, Philippians 4.19. Paul writes and says, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Understand the, the, the order of how Jesus is named here. It's not by Jesus Christ, it's by Christ Jesus. So the action is God to man. When the action is God to man, you have nothing to do with it other than to receive it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to pray for hours. You don't have to sing on, you don't have to sing, sing on key. You just have to receive it. This is an amazing promise. And we can absolutely live in this blessing now that all of our need is met. And, and, but an amazing blessing. And we are able to live in this blessing now. But look at the conditions that are set in the previous verses in Philippians. And let's start with verse 14. This is going to clear it up for you. This is going to make it where it's concrete and there's nothing ethereal about it. In verse 14, Paul writes, says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. He said, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now think about that. See, their offerings to, to Paul for his apostolic missionary journey were huge. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities, even a church that we were planning that, that none of you guys would reap the benefits of. You still shared in that cost. Not that I speak, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Stop right there. That's the key. You gave, you tithed. So now what's going to happen? The, 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 God operates by this, seed, time, and harvest. That time part's the faith part. The harvest part is everything that, that's just supernaturally produced because of the seed. Verse 17 says, not that I seek to give, 
but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Verse 18, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epidotides the, the things sent from you, I, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now listen, and then it says, and then the conjunction, and. See, and ties the, those previous five verses in with verse 19. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever, amen. See, we look at this and we have to understand that all my needs met, why? Because I've sown. All my needs met because I've shared in the ministry. Do you know, do you know what's amazing? What's amazing is when we give towards something, we share that reward with them. You give to a prophet, you reap the prophet's reward. You give, you, you, you give toward an apostolic work, let me tell you, you receive that award. And that's when it clicks. Let me tell you, that reward, what clicks is some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Man, these high school guys, they get revelation of 30, 60, 100-fold. You know, you, 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 you sow a seed... It becomes a plant. That plant becomes a tree. That tree produces fruit. That fruit carries. How many seed? More than one. You sow one, and then that that then it becomes cyclical. It becomes then every year, maybe two or three times a year, there's a harvest. See, T Taylor's a rancher. Taylor, Taylor plants hay, and he, 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 he cuts hay, and he bundles hay, and, and, then, and, and then all he needs is a little bit of water, and more hay grows. And then what does he do? He cuts that hay, and he bales that hay, and he stores that hay. And then what happens? Then a little more rain falls, and what happens? That hay grows. So what is he doing? How many, how many harvests do you get a year, Taylor? Three, three a year. See, that's how our life is. You're, you're reaping right now things you sowed 10 years ago. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. Oh, really? I just think it's how it works. See, the, the world operates by process. And this is a pet peeve of mine. Because, because there are people say, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm believing God for healing and I'm waiting for the manifestation of my healing. Where do you find that in the Word? It's just double talk. It's just fodder. I'm waiting for the manifestation of my healing. And, 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 I, and, and looking at it, I, it, 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 see, it becomes troubling for me because God's already given it to you. So you're waiting for the manifestation of you receiving it? Are you... Are, are, It, again, it's like people that fleece God. There's not a single fleece in the, in the New Testament. Not a single one. Yet you'll hear Christians, you'll hear preachers, you'll hear theologians that'll talk about, man, I, I put a fleece out. Do you understand? That's, that's not the new covenant that we live in. Man, we live in a covenant now where his promises are yes and amen. God, see, and, and the promises of God aren't promises God. I made a promise to my daughter, Brooklyn. 
And I want to remind you guys, we're huge Jacksonville Jaguar fans now that the football season started. We live and die by the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars, just so you know, okay? I did, get the gear. Do, I mean, root for them. Well, I'm a Patriots fan. No, we hate the Patriots. We, we are Jaguar fans, okay? Just to be clear. And some of you guys might be confused thinking that I was an Eagle fan, that I'm an Eagle fan. I'm not an Eagle fan. I do not care about it. I hate the Eagles. Eagles are, Eagles are gone. They're, they're, they're old news. I'm a Jaguar fan now. So anyway, because, because of my middle daughter that lives in Jacksonville, I'm a Jaguar fan. But let me tell you, when she's a little kid, she came in. I said, what do you want for your birthday? She said, I want a pony. We live in the city. Where's that pony going to live? In our yard. Okay. Do you see any other ponies living in our neighborhood? No, but she said, Dad, Dad I, I'm just, I really just want a pony. You know what I said? Okay, I'll get you a pony for, on your 10th birthday. I, I, who's going to remember that? She's 31 years old. She still brings up the pony <laughs> that never materialized, that I promised. But see, my promise, <laughs> that one promise, I think I've delivered on all the other ones, haven't I? But that one promise, that's not the way God promises. See, we promise because it's something we're going to do. God promises something he's already done. See, these aren't promises God is making. These are promises God has kept. You know, in in, in the month of August on Wednesday nights, we went through the book of Ephesians. And this Wednesday night, we start the book of Romans. And it's... A lot more chapters, so it's going to take more time, but it's going to be one of the most, I believe the book of Romans is the most powerful thing that's ever been written by anybody anywhere. And, but going through the book of Ephesians, listen to this, Ephesians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. Who has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. See, has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. And you'll say, yeah, but those are spiritual blessings. Do you understand everything spiritual? Behind every natural law, behind every natural bit of fruit, there's spiritual law and there's spiritual fruit. See, we have to understand everything starts, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Spirit and truth, that's how this works. See, this is a reality-based life, but the reality is everything starts in the spirit. And we have to understand that, everything spiritual, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. See, if we, if we just listen to that and don't put on our churchy ears or make it religious, the predestination on all of our lives is, is, is to be integrated into God's family. Is God is our Father. 
We as sons and daughters. And then to be accepted, listen, in the beloved. See, we're not accepted by marriage. We're not accepted by gift. We're not accepted by the work that we do. We're not accepted by production. We're accepted by love that God initiated. See, what's amazing about the love of God, it's the only thing on the earth that's unconditional. You know, God's healing provision that he offers because he loves us. He loves us and it's unconditional, but he heals us. There are conditions on it. There's conditions on peace. There's conditions on joy. Everything carries conditions. There's conditions on fear. There's conditions. If, 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 if my word abides in you, You'll, you'll, if you live in my word, my word lives in you, you'll ask anything. But see, we can't just get up and say, man, if you ask anything in his name, he'll do it. No, his word has to live in you. You have to live in his word. That's the conditions. Does that make sense? See, so God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everyone. Man, name, name something in your life that's going sideways. Name something in your life that's declining. Name something in your life. Let me, let me tell you. And what God will do too, let me tell you how important it is that we don't see things according to the flesh. Because I, God opens doors that no man can close. And you're like, oh my gosh, my life's going to be full of open doors unless you finish that verse. God opens doors that no man can close and closes doors that no man can open. You know, some of you guys had friends 10 years ago that you really don't talk to anymore. What happened? We were like this. We were like brothers, man. We were, we were ride or die. We were, and you know what? God may have closed the door there. See, so we have to look at our lives now and say, wait a second. Man, cling to what's good. Cling to what's God and nothing else. See, this is the pure doctrines of the gospel and the full graces and gifts of the Spirit, which are necessary in the work of God among men. See, God gives us a general grace for our lives and then graces us specifically for situations. You know, if, if you catch a virus, let's just say, out of the blue, you catch a virus, you get symptoms. Do you understand? God graces you to overcome that virus. See, there's general graces that are on our life that are just produced because the word's working in us. See, remember what Jesus said? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask anything in my name and I'll do it. See, we have to live in his promise and not in what the world. I'm telling you, the, the more I, I see this clearly, the more, and I, 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 I almost give the media and, and the mass media and social media, I get, they, it should get no credit for what I'm about to say. But I look, I look and it's like, oh my gosh, things became clear to me that, that, that I'm being lured into the darkness out of the light because of the information. And then I realized, wait a second, what if it's not that the veil has been lifted? What if that rent, that tear in the veil that Jesus did when he died on that cross, 
What if now I've just found that veil for the information of my life and I've got to be on the God side of that veil 24 hours a day no matter what? See, we have to understand that. See, we have to understand we're not fighting darkness. See, Paul, Paul even said that. Paul said, we're not those who strike the air. What are you doing, man? I'm just, I'm going after the devil. I'm just trying to find out where he is. I'm just, I'm just taking shots. I'm jabbing and jabbing and jabbing. And when that jab lands, boom, I'm going to lay a haymaker. No, we just have to turn the light on. The, the light is God's word. Jesus is the light. And you know what? By implication, because we made him Lord of our lives, we've become the light of the world. I mean, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. We come in here on Saturday mornings from nine to noon and just pray. We pray for an hour. We pray for two hours. We pray for three hours and anointed music up here. It's just worship and it's prayer and people are leading and professing God's promise. Man, speaking over every life that's going to be here the next day and touching every chair. Believe in God for it. You know, there, there were multiple people yesterday. Pastor Sandy touched every chair multiple times and just prayed blessing upon who was going to use that chair today. See, so you look at it, things are going in your favor. Man, things are going to go in the right direction. You just have to let the peace of God rule and reign. Let the peace of God guide your heart. See, what I've got to do when a situation happens in my life, I've got to find God's peace. How do I find God's peace? What does this promise say? I have to find God's promise. I have to take a stand on God's promise. When I take that stand, guess what? This overwhelming peace that acts as an umpire rules and reigns in my heart. It guards my heart then. The peace of God. So, so peaceful. In James 1, verse 19, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. You don't have to enter into every, you don't have to answer every question. You don't have to enter, enter into every argument. No matter how you disagree, let me tell you something. I was raised, I live by the notion whoever yells the loudest wins the argument. So it's like I'm equipped. I'll just raise my voice. I'll just, I'll just, it'll be a duel. And you know what the Bible says? Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You receive what? The implanted word. We can't just be hearers of the word. We've got to allow it to be sown in our lives. Man, I I love to pray for the sick. Love to. Because God's word has been sown in my heart. See, Paul says, lay hold of that which is laid hold of you. I remember the first time I ever heard 1 Peter 2.24. The first time I heard it, I thought, whoa, whoa, what, what, whoa, whoa, wait, what did he just say? Because he just quoted that verse and kept right on preaching. I'm like, whoa, stop. Everybody stop. And everybody was like you all now, where he said, by whose stripes you were healed. And, and it's like, wait a second. And no one moved a muscle. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, did anybody else just hear that? I mean, it's like, this is remarkable. We were healed because of the finished work of Christ. We were, we were healed. It's past, do you understand? He's using past tense. And then I realized it's past perfect tense. And it's like, oh my gosh. 
This is remarkable. Well, what happened is that day, that word grabbed my heart. So that, then my response to receive that word is to lay hold of that which is laid hold of me. So you know what I did? I grabbed a hold of it. And then you know what I found? I'd been a Christian maybe a few weeks. Every time I read the word. And back then I, I wasn't reading the word for like, I wasn't looking up verses. I wasn't just going to read a chapter. I'd read it for an hour or two hours just because there's something in here like I've never heard in my life. And I wasn't an avid reader, but became an avid reader because it became life to me and health to my flesh. It corrected my flesh and brought health where my flesh was ill, it was sick. And I'm not talking about disease. I'm talking just about the way I, I, my outlook on life. But you know what? I began to lay hold of it. And I'd read the word, and you know what? Literally, I'd put a mark or write the scripture reference of every time that there was a parallel cross-reference to by whose stripes you were healed. Do you understand the Old Testament prophecy was by whose stripes you are healed? It was present tense. But then Jesus took the keys to death in the grave and it became past tense. See, we're not facing giants today. Figuratively, I think, okay. But you know what? I think we give the devil way too much due. Remember Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven? You know why? God flicked him out of heaven like this. That was the battle. Man, it wasn't, it wasn't blow by blow, boom, boom, boom. No, God just went and said, oh, Lucifer, you want to be me? There you go. You're cast out. And the, the, a third of the angels are standing there. He goes, yeah, yeah, you guys have followed him? You go too. A third of the angels. God didn't care about that. He wasn't going to have rebellion. He flicked them out of heaven. See, so now we look at it like, wait a second, we're, I'm under attack, we're in a battle. No, you know what we got to do? We got to turn the light on. This is spiritual now. See, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who speak, but Christ who, lives, who speaks in me. The anointed one, the deity of Jesus speaks in me now. See, and, and so let's go back to James 1.22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Doers of the word. Now listen, because this is about to flip. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, and he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what manner of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's what God's word is. Aiden, God's word is the perfect law of freedom. I don't know, do you like to be held down? Do you like to be choked? Do you like, no. So, so the perfect law of liberty, where the devil can't hold you down and can't choke you spiritually, the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it. That's our responsibility. You've got to get in the Word today. You've got to get in the Word tomorrow. You've got to get in the Word Tuesday. It's not just a church time. You've got to make this personal. You've got to lay hold of that which is lay hold of you. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. See, it went from doer of the Word to doer of the work. This one... This is the title of the message. This one will be blessed in 
in all that he does. Now think about that. Do you want to be blessed in what you do? No, for real. You just have to be a doer of the word and the work. See, a part of this, you got to put the work in. A part of this, and, and let me tell you, when God speaks to you, he's going to activate that work. When, when, when people say, well, I just don't know what God's called me to do, that's because the narrative of the world is choking the voice of God in your life. See, God's not going to compete with the world. He wants you paying attention to him. He wants you seeking him. What, what, does, what does the word say? Seek him, you'll find him. So many people aren't even looking. And you know, now I, I fall prey to it. I mean, there's times where I got I to know something right now. I'll just Google it. I'll hit that microphone on my phone. I'll hit Google, I'll hit that microphone, and I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll quote the word, and, and boom, the scripture will come up. And then there's times, man, I'll, I'll get my Dakes Bible, I'll get my Spirit-filled Bible, I'll put it on our kitchen table, and, and man, I'll just, I, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm, gonna, I'm looking, man, like the old days. Because that's where exponential growth was happening in my life. Just exponential growth. See, now I could probably... And I thought about this about 10 years ago when, when I, I realized I was in the 10 to 15,000 hours of studying God's word in my life point. Where it's like, I probably don't have to study anymore. I've got to, I know enough to do what I do. Man, the next thing you know, it's like I'm on this track where it's like, oh my gosh, I, I need to read the word. I need to get in the word. What is the word? Man, I need, I, I need because, because there's, there's God's word. There's phases of our life. There's God's word in the task phase of our life. The task phase. And then there's God's word in the plan phase of our life. And then there's God's word in the strategy phase of our life. And you know, for me, the task phase, I would read it and go do it. I'd, I'd go to a, there were 7-Elevens back then. There was one at 33rd Mingo. And about 10 o'clock at night, I'd just walk over there and I'd stand by the gas pump. People would pull up, it's self-serve. I'd say, how much are you getting? I'd say, I'm gonna get 10 bucks. I said, okay, I'll pump it, you go pay. They'd look at me funny and it was probably awkward. And I, I, I don't mind awkward a lot of times if I'm initiating it. And they'd go in and pay, and they'd come back and say, why are you paying for this? Ah, I just I wanted to bless you, man. I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you in the name. Matter of fact, why don't you pray with me? Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. See, that's why I did it. I just need him to confess Jesus because I, I knew about this much. You guys are Bible scholars compared to where I was then. I knew about this much but I knew that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So what's my job? Get them to call upon the name of the Lord. You say, well, and I, I remember it at that time I'm going to Bible school and I'd go to Bible school and somebody would say, man, what'd you do? I said, I prayed with people at the 7-Eleven. Well, what do you mean you prayed with them? I said, yeah, I pumped their gas and I prayed with them. What'd you pray? I said, well, I just prayed and they confessed Jesus. And they said, oh my gosh, 
they, they, how, how many people got saved? And I thought, oh, they are getting saved. That's so cool. And, and, um, and I said, well, I don't know. I lost track at 100 or 200 or whatever it was that night. And, and invariably, somebody comes and goes, are those, are those true salvations? I'm like, I'm just hoping mine is at this point. But I mean, don't let religious people, I'm telling you, be doers of the word and doers of the work. Man, I ran into a guy just this week at lunch in Broken Arrow. And he, he had a wool cap on and a long beard and rangy looking fella. I mean, it was interesting. Ate by himself, put off this pretty extreme antisocial vibe. And I'm getting ready to leave, and I walk out, I'm walking out. He walks up and stands in front of me. He said, hey, Bill Shear. I said, yeah. He said, you led me to the Lord in 1991 in that dollar movie. We rented a dollar movie theater, and we'd have Friday night concerts. And, uh, and then just preach a little bit and pray with people. He said, you led me to the Lord at that dollar movie house in 1991, and I just want to thank you. And I left there thinking, oh my gosh. And then, I th and then I think about this. I think about collectively this army God's built here. We're 30 years old this December. And it's been hundreds of thousands of salvations. <laughs> and then, and, and, and then there, we get this notion, we're just playing church, we're just doing church. Until, because the task part of our anointing is important. And then the plan part is big. And then the strategy part. See, that's what most, most of what we see the devil do. He's got a strategy. There's a long game. For us, we're just, what hit me is when my dad moved here and started coming to church, I thought about it. I thought, wait a second. There's four generations of shears in this church. So now I notice, I'll see people, and there's four generations in this church now, and I'm thinking, see, because God looks at things generationally. See, when, when the Bible talks about wealth, the Bible doesn't talk about, talk about you being rich or you having money. The scriptural, biblical kingdom wealth is generational wealth. You, your children, and their children. See, and so we start looking at ministry like that, we start looking at the, the life that we live like that, it's pretty amazing. I wanna remind you guys of the Guts Girls Conference the first week of October. It's the seventh and the eighth. It's a two-day conference. And, and we have a, there's a Labor Day special that tickets are only $75 this weekend. So, man, I, I, I wanna say that these kind of things are mandatory. You know, really, I want to say Sunday mornings are mandatory. Otherwise, you know, you, I, I don't know at what point where your heart begins to wax cold. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, they don't need me. Oh, I'm not a part of the equation. Do you know how much we need everybody? The Bible says where every joint supplies. We're all different members. We're all gifted. Every joint supplies. And, you know, I want to take as much responsibility as I have to to help connect you. Okay, but really, honestly, the best case scenario is you connecting. Find something to put your hand to. And you know what? And I believe when you do that, 
it'll go from the task to the plan to the strategy and you get to that strategic place, now you're in the honey hole of God's call in your life. You'll find a lane. But, um, but please, I want to, every, every girl here, you need to get a ticket, maybe buy one for a friend and, and, and come to that conference. And you'll say, well, it's just about the, uh, is it about the numbers? Yeah, that his house may be full, but it's going to be incredible. It's going to be life-changing. I'm telling you, the, 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 the girls at this church, Sandy's got a great team, and, and then the team under him, and I mean, it, staff people, it's remarkable, okay? The other thing is, if you've got a heart for children, um, please sign up to volunteer and work in our kids' ministry, especially the junior kids. And I, I, I some of you guys go, well, I'm not called to kids. Well, I don't want you messing with the kids then. That's perfect. But if you've got a heart for kids, we want to avail that to you because there's a lot of kids. We're, we're doing this build out because it, it, it's more strategic because it creates more space for, for those ages. And there's a lot of those little buggers around here. I'll just tell you right now. Um, but we, we need people to serve. And, and the, the other thing is, after this service, we have next steps. And right now, it's a two-week process. And we, we just, you have lunch with leadership. Paul said, know those whom you labor, who, who, know those whom you labor among. And you'll, you'll get to meet leaders. You'll get to meet the people that are, that are really honestly running the whole thing. And, and honestly, every single one of them, me being the lead dog on that, is you're going to look and say, dear God, if he can do it, anybody can do it. Like if you're wondering, what's that step that you take for ministry? It's real easy. Just almost like what Jesus told us to say, here, just walk with me. I mean, that's what it is. With Taylor, Taylor was raised. Here's Taylor's internship of ministry for decades was, man, get in the truck. And he just hopped on board. And then I saw him Friday, and he was going to a cattle sale in Claremore, and Tripp came in with his boots and his belt buckle and his hat, and I said, where are you going? He goes, we're going to go buy some cows. Well, so now he's with his son saying, get in the truck. I mean, it works. I'm just telling you, you guys go buy a truck and put your son in there with you. He may not like it every time, but let me tell you, it'll catch on. And with me, you'd learn how to get flipped off and not get in the flesh. It hadn't happened to me in a few weeks, Sandy. It's been on. No, Sandy goes, Bill, why, why does this always happen to you? I said, well, people are mean. And they're in my lane. That left lane is mine. The Bible says we believe in our heart unto righteousness. We confess with our mouth unto salvation. Peter said, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm going to do with you what I did at that 7-Eleven 43 years ago. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. God, bless these people in Jesus' name. Now pray with me. Father God, I give you my life. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and whom I trust. God, I thank you that my life of sin has been severed from who I am. I'm alive unto you now, God. God, I'm holy as you're holy. God, I walk in the Spirit. I walk in truth. God, I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. I'll never smell the scent of hell.
And God, I've got heaven on earth now. I am blessed in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing is availed to me to receive, and I receive it by faith. God, I thank you for the grace on my life. God, the grace that I have generally and the grace I have specifically for this stage of life, for the situations I face, and God, where I go and what I do. God, I thank you so much for so great a salvation. God, you've saved me. You've healed me. You've delivered me. You've set me free. There is nothing missing and nothing broken in my life. God, I thank you now. I'm a partaker of your kingdom, of which there's no end. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.